Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. What's going down? Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of What's Going Down here on Patreon ad-free or without, with ads anywhere else. Uh, my name is Kenny McIntosh, joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, how are you this fine Tuesday? Penny, I'm doing alright, yes. It's cooled down, it's very pleasant. We're yep. approaching the end of another deadline on Inside the Ropes magazine, so that's always a relief. So... Uh, <laughs> Um, I um, I didn't mention it on the podcast last week. Actually, the reason I didn't mention it was because I hadn't done the interview at that point. Didn't mention it on Thursday, but I did an yep. interview last week with Anne Anderson uh, that you can read in the next issue of Inside the Ropes magazine. So very exciting. Finish writing that up on Saturday. So um, hope people will enjoy uh, reading that. How yes. are you doing, Kenny? What are you up to? I'm good. I'm good. I'm going away for a couple of days for a kind of work thing. Um, to Amsterdam, uh, which should be which should be good. Um, I'm looking forward to it. So, just a two day thing tomorrow till Friday. So, I, I believe you're all going on a tulip studying mission, Is that right? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. I will just say, I will say this now: I am not someone who is going to go to Amsterdam, be partaking in the things that Amsterdam is famous for, because I'm not good. You know, some people are very relaxed when they partake in that kind of stuff. And I end up getting very anxious, you know, so I'm not the best at, at, at that. So I'll not be 
that'll not be what I'm doing when I'm there. But you know, many other people do, and you know, good for them. Um, You'll but, just be looking at the tulips, won't you, Kenny? Looking at the tulips, I'll be going to see the Anne Frank Museum, all the usual. Oh stuff. yes, I actually quite—I've never been to Amsterdam. It's somewhere I would like to go. Yeah, I think I've, I've been a couple of times. I've actually not done a lot of the touristy stuff that, that you would think you would do. So I think when there is a little bit of downtime, I'm going to try and go and do a couple of touristy things. Um, yeah, because I think it'd be good good to check it out. So, um, But anyway, uh, before that, we are here to talk, obviously, about the latest happenings in WWE. If you want to hear the latest happenings in AEW, you can join us on Patreon, where Sondra and I review Dynamite, Robert and I review Collision, um, it never stops. There is wrestling all the time. Um, but we're here to see what WWE have been getting up to in their latest um, TV shows. So SmackDown this past Friday, uh, there's some good stuff on it. But I've got to say, Finn, just the overarching thing that I kind of came away with was similar to... Do you remember when we were reviewing SmackDown after WrestleMania for about a month when there was no Roman Reigns? Yes. And I kind of struggled a bit with that because it was kind of bloodline light and 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 this this actually feels worse for me because we've now got one of the usos and solo and Heyman and it kind of feels like we're biding our time and you've got these other factions who are kind of vying for contention which is more interesting but the bloodline stuff for me is just kind of it doesn't feel that interesting it doesn't feel that exciting but i wondered how it's kind of feeling for you watching the episodes because we've kind of got this we're, you know, there's still a bit of story going on with Jimmy Uso and Paul Heyman, but is it still is it still got a bit of gas in it for you at the moment? Uh, well, we're in the lull at the moment, just as we were after WrestleMania, as you correctly noted. Um, and this is what WWE does t- traditionally after WrestleMania and after SummerSlam, um, and it's it's just the way it is. I mean, Roman's on vacation again. Um, <laughs> it's quite interesting, really. Obviously. Hollywood's been everything slow down there due to the writer's strike. And we were all under the impression, what was it, about a year ago now that Reigns would soon be wrapping up and he was going to be a movie star. And maybe, you know, depending on how all that plays out, maybe that's been postponed. I mean, who knows? Uh, But, yeah, we're definitely in a position at the moment where it feels like B episodes of SmackDown. This isn't A-list episodes of SmackDown. This is almost like in a rebuilding phase, if you might call it, or a way of just, you know, spinning things out before the big star returns again. But you are right, Kenny. It's I mean, I found it a, an entertaining show. It passed by very briskly. You know, I enjoyed it, but it didn't feel momentous. You know, it didn't feel massive, did it? It didn't feel blockbuster. It didn't feel consequential. You know, in all honesty, if you didn't watch it, you didn't really miss that much. I mean, that's kind of the the indictment of it, right, of that, that, you know, we shouldn't really be feeling that way. I mean, SmackDown has been typically the, the A show for yeah. a while. Um, but I mean, they're, 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 I think also, you know, AJ Styles is a bit as hot as an ice cube as a character. Yeah. So, you know, that, that that's not exactly helping, you know, the, the whole Jimmy Uso and him in the main event. Because, I, I, you know, there was the whole thing about, the, was that back, you know, there was obviously the, back, the, the backstage segment uh, with Jimmy approaching Heyman initially and sort of saying, you know, he's still in the bloodline. Um, and then Heyman ends up running into AJ Styles and Heyman, of course, has, you know, got his mouth. And then Uso shows up and ends up pulling AJ off Heyman because Styles grabs Paul. And then uh, Jimmy throws him over some equipment crates and they're going to fight later. 
and it leads us to a segment with AJ Styles and the Good Brothers. Yeah. And then they just start fighting for really no reason. Um, well, I mean, Luke Gallows and Cal Anderson weren't really taking things seriously. They were watching, you know, YouTube videos, maybe funny cat videos or something. They were watching. <laughs> I don't know what they were watching. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, there was actually, I, I felt like they kind of missed a trick here because, as we know, AJ and Paul Heyman had that big bust up a few years ago. Yeah. And he blamed Heyman, didn't he, for Gallows and Anderson? Was yeah. it losing the jobs or not being signed? Something yes. like that happened, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause yeah, basically AJ Styles blamed uh, Heyman for not going to bat for them and sort of being a bit of a snake. Yes. Um, which, you know, would have been a great thing to bring into the storyline. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Gallows and Anderson are doing nothing. I mean, no one takes them seriously. I mean, AJ Styles admonished them here for not taking things seriously. He's like, did you see what happened with Jimmy? You know, where were you? And they were like, you know, what's the problem? You know, we're watching... You know, what we watching videos on YouTube, and he smashed the phone or whatever it was. But yeah, there was there was definitely more they could have done with this here by incorporating that real situation with Heyman, Styles, and Anderson and Gallows, and that would have been a hell of a lot more interesting if they'd done that. But you're right about Styles; he's been flat now for a very long time. Um, I'm not sure if he's, I mean, it'll be eight years in January since he joined the company. And I'm trying to work out when his contract expires. Will it be next year or will it be the year after, do you think? I mean, you would assume it would be, he would have signed three three three-year deals or or one three-year, then one five-year. Yes. Um, I mean, I know he re-signed, I think, was it 2020? I think he re-signed. So maybe it was a five-year deal. But when it basically, Styles feels like a spent force. Even though he can still go in the ring, he's just been there so long that there's nothing left for him to do. So one does imagine that when his contract comes up, it might be time for him to leave. And I'm sure that would be somebody that AEW would go for. Um, yeah. I mean, but he, he doesn't feel like... You know, Kevin Owens is an example where Kevin Owens, you know, he main evented WrestleMania last year with Steve Austin. He main evented WrestleMania this year with Sammy and the Usos, and Owens is quite good. Even when he's involved in more mid-card type stuff, he still almost carries some of that main event levelness around with him and still feels like a big name. Whereas AJ, you know, he... I mean, I know it was the the performance center WrestleMania, but, you know, he was Undertaker's last match, but, like, sometimes I forget he was involved in that. Yeah. It doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't seem like he carries a lot of the big stuff he's done around with him in the way he carries himself. And yeah, he's kind of, Plus, Owens is a more versatile performer. He can do yeah. many different roles. You know, he can do humour. I mean, AJ is not renowned for his sense of humour. <laughs> <laughs> and he just feels kind of bland as a character. I mean, he always has. I mean, to me, he's done very well in his career to, to become the star that he became. Because I remember in his early days in TNA, people were like, this guy can't talk to save his life. You know, and I don't think on promos, if he's given the right material, he's actually okay. Um, but he can't really do humour, and um, he's very limited, I think, in, in the things he can do backstage and on promos. It's got to be the right material for him, whereas Kevin Owens can make pretty much a success of anything that's handed to him. Yeah, I would agree, and I think that's, um, you know, because you, you've kind of got the, the, and I guess to tie all that in, you know, you've got the half pregnant bloodline stuff where it's kind of just petering along and then yeah. you get AJ Styles who doesn't feel very relevant you put it together and it doesn't exactly give you a you know 
a, a banquet that you want to feast on. It just I mean, kind of it's not you... like a massive shot of adrenaline, is it? <laughs> no, it's more like a you know try to try to light a match in the rain. You know, it's like it's just not exactly, happening. exactly. And and here in this match in the main event, AJ scored this huge win over Jimmy, but it it really felt you know kind of blah. And the end of it, you weren't really that interested or that excited about where it was all, all going to go, except for when, you know, Damien Priest and Finn Balor came out um, and attacked AJ from behind and then basically gifted um, AJ, threw AJ into the ring. Solo Sokoa was there at this point. We should mention that during the match, Solo Sokoa and Paul Heyman were at ringside. And when mm-hmm. Jimmy was outside the ring, Solo turned his back on Jimmy. So there was, you know, a little bit of storyline progression there. Yeah. And then after the match, Priest and Balor, after Styles had beaten Jimmy and Styles was leaving, Priest nailed Styles from behind. Then Priest and um, Balor grabbed Styles, hurled him into the ring, you know, forced Solo to beat him down. And Solo looked to them like, what are you doing? So to me, that was the most interesting part of this, even though AJ Styles was in the match and scored this win. Yeah, which is like, which is, you know, a problem that that's kind of, what was the most interesting, you know, AJ's win kind of felt redundant after like a minute. Yeah. Um, but uh, elsewhere in the show, it was kind of, you know, we mentioned the Judgment Day. They'd been out earlier. They were interrupted by the Brawling Brutes. I ended up with Balan and Priest getting a win over Ridge and, and Butch. And Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits ended up, up coming out to, uh, you know, face off with them and sort yeah. of say that, you know, the bloodline are crumbling, but it's not Judgment Day who will be, be taking over, it's them. So there is this kind of, I guess, bit of gang warfare. Of, you know, you've got the Brawling Brutes, you've got Prophets and Lashley, you've got Judgment Day, you've got Bloodline, you've got AJ and the Good Brothers. So there is a lot of stuff going on, but um, yeah, I think it's just, like you say, if you, if you hadn't watched this episode of SmackDown, you, you could probably just miss it. Yeah. And, yeah, and we had pretty deadly backstage as well. I mean, they were watching. Yeah. So um, I think they're pretty close to being. Are they uh, nearing uh, the time when they're ready to return to action? I'm it looks sure. like it. It looks like it from you know them getting shown. Seems like that's you know sooner rather than later. So hopefully. Gotta say, uh, Kit and Elton in their absence look like they've been spending a long time on their hair care. Hair care <laughs> yeah. Fabulous hair, lads. Fabulous. I could could only dream, Finn. I could only dream. Um, We also had uh, in the opener of the show, we had Shotzi and Charlotte against Eos Sky and Bailey. Shotzi and Charlotte got the win here. And then afterwards, Asuka confronted Eos Sky. um, And, you know, they're going to have a match for the title. In two uh, weeks. In two weeks on SmackDown. so, you know, the, the EOS guy and Asuka stuff was fairly interesting. I, 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 I struggled to get into the, the opening match just because, I mean, Charlotte was trying to be a babyface here. Yeah, but, I mean, I thought this was Charlotte's best match in a long time. I mean, it, it was possibly because it was in the opening slot and it was in Boston, SmackDown. And the crowd were really into the show. And um, I thought this match was probably the best thing Charlotte's done since she returned. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, she teamed with uh, Shotzi. I mean, I thought everyone was on form here. I mean, there was a couple of moments, of course, when, well, Shotzi was on form by her standards. There was at least <laughs> one moment in there where you're like, oh, my God, what's going on here? But, I mean, everyone sort of kind of chaperoned her to, you know, the finish and, 
you know, they got through it. But Charlotte looked like she was interested and everything apart from Schultz's occasional balls ups looked looked okay. And um, the finish came when um, Asuka appeared at ringside and she stole uh, the women's title belt from Dakota Kai who'd been tasked with looking after it. And um, Eo was looking at, at asking, oh, what are you doing? And like Bailey's distracted and then uh, Shotzi scored a big win on big win on Bailey. So I mean, I think that was was that two weeks in a row that Shotzi had pinned Bailey. Can you think it was? Yep. yep. So yeah. things are looking up for her. Yeah, um, and so Asuka then had the belt and then she confronted Eo after the match and dropped the belt in front of Sky and then left and they announced later on the show um that they would that Eo would defend the uh, title against Asuka on SmackDown in two weeks on September twenty second. Yes. Uh, well, elsewhere on the show we did have LA Knight coming out and he was interrupted by the new team of Grayson Waller and Austin Theory. Obviously, you know, talked a little bit before about how this was a potential thing that was going to happen. Um, it led us to LA Knight against Austin Theory, where LA Knight got the win. Um, Grayson tried to attack him afterwards. I mean, I do feel like, because we also found out that next week on the Grayson Waller effect, John Cena is going to be the guest. So you know what this means, Finn, right? We're, we're going to be getting Grayson Waller and Austin Theory against LA Knight and John Cena at Fastlane. Oh, yes. That feels like the direction of travel. Um, I did see someone uh, Someone was watching Payback. I can't remember who it was, but somebody on Twitter. And they said, they said, I've just finished Payback, and I think I'm over John Cena's run already. So that's good. He's on night two of two months. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so what, what do you make of the pairing of Grayson Waller and Austin Theory in execution? I mean, Cena has this effect on people. He just does. <laughs> you know, you just think like, oh, you know, it's just it's turned up. It's just time to do something else. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I mean, I like uh, Grayson Waller and uh, Austin Theory as a team. We were gushing about them last week. Uh, they've already got a name: A Town Down Under. I mean, it's I, I, there could be much worse names that they could yeah. have. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I like that name. I think it's all right. I think I think. Um, Waller and Theory as a team look like winners. You know, I think they bounce off each other really well. You know, I think they've, you know, good for each other's confidence level. I mean, Waller, I mean, they obviously like him. You know, I mean, I've been a fan of his. I was a huge fan of his in NXT after the, actually the match with AJ Styles, ironically. Um, you know, after we knocking Styles and saying that he's, you know, basically a spent force, he was actually really effective in NXT when he faced Waller. Um but I mean, yeah, I mean, he's. Ne- I don't think he's ever really found his feet on the main roster. Um, he's had, you know, various roles and he's had quite a few matches now. But I think Waller and Theory feels right for both of them. And I think they can become tag champs. I actually think these two can do really well together. Um, and Waller was really a lot of fun on commentary here. And, um, you know, Knight ended up winning the match with Blunt Force Trauma as well. He should have done as well because... You know, Knight feels like he's going somewhere at the moment. And um, as you said, yeah, Grayson's going to have Cena on next week. Good luck, kid. Good luck. And uh, yeah, I imagine Theory will be there. And I just hope Cena doesn't do another Theory burial, you know, because for all the reasons, well, we don't need to go over the reasons why. And presumably Knight will come out. And, you know, this could be a big match. you know, big moment for Knight. You know, it's not a bad spot for him teaming with Cena. 
Um, one Always is... better to be on the side of Cena than opposite. Yes. Um, I imagine they'll win, and this is all further advancement for night. So, I mean, I can't object to it. I mean, this event doesn't really feel important. Um, and But it's, you know, it's a match to keep, you know, night going and to keep him moving in the right direction. Yeah. And I, I mean, in terms of theory and Waller, I think they're definitely better suited together than apart. I think apart, they've got a ceiling, a ceiling but together they could probably get away with it. You know, they're, I think they could do, they could do pretty well. So, yeah. Um, the uh, yeah, so we also on uh, on SmackDown had Ellie Knight bumping into Paul Heyman because Heyman was trying to get the answer from Adam Pierce as to who's joining SmackDown in, in, uh, in exchange for Jay. And then Ellie Knight interrupts and says he wants Miz in a match next week. Um, and Adam Pierce gives him it, and then Ellie Knight and Heyman have an exchange, which was pretty interesting. You know, not a, if it's not a bad thing for Ellie Knight, you know, to be in these kind of segments with Heyman because you're not putting Heyman in a segment with someone unless there's an idea of something. No, no, definitely not. I mean, and uh, Heyman at first, you know, we know how disingenuous Paul Heyman is, and at first Heyman complimented Knight, but we knew that you know this was going in a direction that wasn't going to be complimentary tonight. Um, and Heyman let Knight know that um, he wasn't happy that he interrupted his conversation with Adam Pierce. And next time, you know, he should wait outside or ring the doorbell. Um, so, yeah, I think from that we can um, we can assume that uh, we're going to get some, you know, Knight versus Bloodline interaction, possibly after this Cena thing plays out. So, I mean, people are already, people are already asking, should it be LA Knight's? Who dethrones Roman Reigns? Well, no, not yet. No. Not ready for that spot yet. No. But I mean, this is again, you know, all you know, encouraging signs for night. And um, you know, hopefully they won't rush him into a match with Reigns because he's not ready for that. Um, but he could do some stuff with the bloodline, which I think people would like to see. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Um, so let's move on to Raw then, because that's kind of everything on SmackDown. On Raw, the the, the big thing... The big moment was uh, the main event of the show was Raquel Rodriguez challenging Rhea Ripley in a rematch from their uh, payback encounter. And who would make an appearance when Raquel started to get an upper hand towards the end? But the returning Nia Jax, the Annihilator. I had to laugh when Michael Cole said, who the hell is that? And it's like, I mean, it's pretty bloody obvious <laughs> who it is. 
So we've got the Annihilator and the Eradicator. And what, the, what, what was Kate? What was Kate? Was he the Eviscerator? The Eviscerator, the Annihilator. I mean, they love their 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 uh, describing words, don't they? The nicknames. That's it. Jesus. Let me tell Vince is back. Um, so Naya ends up uh, doing her uh, finisher, her uh, finisher on the ground on Raquel Rodriguez, shoves her back in, Ripley uh, hits the Riptide, gets the win, and then afterwards Nia Jax comes in, headbutts Rhea Ripley, and uh, ends up uh, putting uh, Rhea's neck on the bottom rope and leg dropping her, does the bonsai drop, and then blew a kiss to the crowd. So Nia Jax is back and does the interference. What did you make of... The match with Raquel and Rhea, and talk me through your thoughts on Nia's return. Well, I've sensed that this is this was happening. In fact, I did a little thing in the latest magazine about it. I was like, you know, could this be happening? And she dropped some hints in an interview with, I think it was Bill Apter. Um, and so, I, you know, I figured that this was coming. Um, I kind of imagined that maybe it was going to be, you know, Nia and Charlotte Flair doing something, and maybe they'll do something. Obviously, they're on different brands, but maybe they'll do something at a later date. Um, because they're pals, you know, and they could be tag champs or something like that. I mean, it's to give Rhea something to do before she faces Becky Lynch. We know that's going to be the big match probably at WrestleMania. So, um, you know, they need people to keep keep Rhea and to keep Becky Lynch occupied until they have their big match next year. Obviously, Becky Lynch is having the big match tonight with Tiffany Stratton, which is major for Stratton, you know, and, It's been obvious to me for long before she won the NXT women's title that Stratton was somebody who was going to be a huge deal um, in NXT. And I think she'll do very well on the main roster when they bring bring her up next year. Um, But I mean, I thought this match was, I thought it was a decent match. I thought the audience uh, got into it by the end. Um, And, you know, we've said it many times about Raquel. She needs a, you know, character reset desperately. Something needs to change because she's sealing doubt as this character, people are not really going to back her. Um, and, you know, it just it just struck me, Kenny, when we were watching, um, you know, Raw at the beginning of the show. And we just had, you know, all these characters who were so over, didn't we? And it's just mm-hmm. character-driven business, isn't it? It was Jay, it was Kevin Owens. I know we'll get to this in a moment. Yep. Damien Priest, but every character in that ring was really over. And like, that's Raquel's shortcoming as a character. She's not over. So they need to work on that. And they just need to start it this week. Don't delay any further. I mean, this little Rhea Ripley feud's now over because Rhea will be moving on to Nia Jax. And just do something with that character. Try and find a way for people to root for her because it's just not happening at the moment. Even though she's really good, you know, and that's the tragedy here, isn't it, Kenny? She's a real talent, you know, but WWE is failing her in the character department. But, I mean, as for Naya, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, the audience really detests her. So, I mean, you know, they always did. She's back. I mean, she looks different. I mean, let's just see if she's ready to work and ready to bring it. I mean, yeah. she's had this. We've had. She's had this. Um, another chance with the company. Obviously, the vaccine mandate thing's been binned off now, so they could bring her back. And um, you know, this is you know what she. I think she's thirty nine. So this is a, you know a big gig for her at this point in her life. And um, you know, we're making some more money and you know, a way of also writing some of the, you know, wrongs of a last run. You know, she 
acquired this reputation for being clumsy and, you know, reckless in the ring, didn't she? Yeah, she did. She did. And I mean, you know, because it's funny, I was watching this this morning with, uh, with Steve Gunn, my other half, and he said, you know, she's not had one match since she got released, so she's not going to have got any better, um, which is, is true. But I mean, it's, 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 we've talked about this before. There was points where she really had some promise. Now, not as much. But look, you know, she's back. I'll, I'll give it a, a fresh go. I mean, it's funny because I was saying as well that I bet me and I bet Nia Jackson and I would have a great laugh on a night out, right? I bet we would. I would just need to say to her, I don't want to hear your political opinions. I don't want to, let's not go on to the, the vaccine, but let's just keep it as a fun night out. And I think we'd go on really well. So I hope, but the thing is in 2023, if you have a, what is deemed as a controversial opinion, which obviously her vaccine views were viewed as a controversial opinion, sometimes that's tough for the audience to let that go. I'm not saying all of the audience, because, you know, half the probably don't realise that. But, you know, she was very outspoken in how yeah, she was. Yeah, she and was. I think, and I think that could go against her if people already weren't that keen on her. You know, if she was popular, if, like, Randy Orton had said something like that, I don't think it really would have flew because people quite like Randy Orton overall. So you can kind of... People make excuses for people that they like. Of course but if, they if there's somebody who's not really that liked, it's a much tougher battle. So we'll see if she can overcome it or if people care or, you know, we'll see. But yeah, I mean, I think there's some irony that, you know, as 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 Naya returns, the word is that Kyrie Sane's on her way back as well. <laughs> I, I think Kyrie was was sort of the noted victim, wasn't she, of of a few Naya-related accidents? Yeah, she was. I think Kyrie will be saying, you know, can I go to SmackDown to keep me over there? Yeah. Um, but, and then, the thing you said about Raquel, I just wanted to quickly say, I mean, I'm not saying we should replay the Attitude Era rulebook in any way, but one thing they, they used to do sometimes in the Attitude Era that I thought was quite effective was a character that wasn't working would come out and kind of cut a promo to kind of uh, reset themselves into something else. And I think that that might be the call for Raquel, you know, have her come out and kind of answer the critics of like, you know, I've come out here, I've tried to smile and be happy, and that's just not getting me anywhere. So I'm going to go back to what brought me to the dance. I'm going to be more vicious. I'm going to be more, uh, you know, aggressive, and and let that be the catalyst to her changing her character into whatever it's going to become. Um, and you know, there should be like a, you know, there was there was that uh, that funny that funny like uh, bit of paper that was like spotted backstage at a WWE show, and it was like no thigh slaps or whatever. So for Raquel, her locker room door should be no smiling. <laughs> if you're caught smiling, Raquel, you will be sent home. <laughs> That's it, yeah. That's it. I mean, you know, earlier in the show, she she did a promo backstage and it just sounded so scripted. And I know promos are scripted, right? But then again, it, everything that we see in movies and TV shows is scripted, but we don't think it's scripted because it's delivered well. Yeah. And that's the difference between people, you know, professional actors and people in WWE who are struggling with their scripted promos because it doesn't really fit their character or seem natural. Um, and she kind of turned it around at the end and said, oh, Rhea would receive a taste of her own medicine. But the start there, it just felt so forced and strained and, you know, artificial and manufactured and just, oh, it's, who's this person? You know, why is she saying these words? That doesn't sound like her. And yeah, yeah, we need a big, you know, reset button moment 
with with Raquel and um yeah, needs to just happen this month, you know, immediately. Um you know, it's funny we talked we talked about SmackDown about how the bloodline thing was kind of, you know, not that interesting, but you know, Jay Uso being on Raw seems to <laughs> seems to have the opposite. You know, things are things are cooking for him because he's in there with all these people who you know, he's in there with Kevin Owens at the beginning and Kevin Owens is not ready to completely forgive him. You know, and Drew McIntyre was the same. So Jay Uso's got some kind of meat to the bone of what he can get into. And uh, the judgment day came out, as you mentioned, and they want to fight uh, KO, and obviously Sammy's not here, so Jay offers to fight with him, and Owens eventually hesitates, but says, let's do it. And that leads us to Finn and Damien taking on Kevin Owens and Jay. So it's all going well for them until Jay, when he's trying to superkick Damien Priest, Priest moves, and Owens takes the superkick, and then Balor and Priest get the win, and Owens is not happy about this and Jay tries to apologise backstage but Owens tells him to find his new bloodline and they're in the Judgment Day locker room so this was really good story development and it feels like the the developments you used to get on Smackdown you're now getting on Raw instead yeah yeah I mean Owens even advised Jay to dye his hair purple so he could (laughs) fit in with the Judgment Day I mean this was a great segment there with Owens you know and uh, Jay out there and then they were joined by the Judgment Day or uh, Balor Priest and Dominic Mysterio and Dominic was just masterful here. I mean, now before he even he holds the mic up and before before he even speaks, people are drowning him out. Yeah. And then he starts speaking, and it's almost it's very difficult to understand what Dominic's saying because the boozers are loud and everyone's having so much fun booing him. And you can see Dominic and uh, Balor and Priest are just having you know the, the time of their lives with this character and. Dom's great in this role as this sort of mid-card heel who just takes the beatings and it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He could lose every week. It wouldn't <laughs> kill his heat. He would still be as over as he is now if he were to, well, probably if he lost every week for eight weeks, he would be both probably stop caring. But you know what I mean? He doesn't need to win uh, because the character is just so established and people just love booing him and he's so much fun there. But yeah, this was a fun match. People were really into it and I think we knew that something would go wrong here and it did and Jay accidentally super kicked Owens who was then pinned by Balor you know Owens was furious afterwards he hobbled off alone and after backstage Jay said it was a miscue and an accident and Kevin Owens was having none of it and he just you know stormed off but I mean later in the show you know other people were upset with Jay I mean Drew McIntyre said that he didn't trust him um, and they're having a match next week on Raw, uh, yep. Drew versus Jay. So that's a big match for both. Yep. Um, and also we had another segment um, in which um, Balor approached Jay and said, you know, every member of the Judgment Day is a big fan of yours, Jay. And he's like, what, for real? You know, like he was... <laughs> well, what was really funny, because when he did it, he was like, you know, we're all fans of you. And he was like, I'm a fan of you. And Priest's a fan of you. And he was just kind of listening. And then he says, and Rhea's a fan of you. And when he says Rhea... Jay goes for real, like as if like you know it's such a good line that you know, Rhea likes me. Like, it was so funny. It was, but he delivered it really well. Like you know, still not kind of giving his cards away what he's gonna do. Yeah, he was like really like impressed. Oh wow, well, Rhea's <laughs> a big fan of mine. I go, God, yeah. you know, I must mean I'm a star and I'm important. You know, <laughs> oh, wow. So and, and yeah, and he didn't. You know, Balor's like, you know, I'll leave it with you. You don't have to give us an answer now, but there's a spot waiting for you in the Judgment Day if you want it. 
And then when they're in the Judgment Day clubhouse, you know, the uh, Judgment Day revealed their dastardly plan, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that was that they needed to keep the pressure on Jay. So he felt isolated. So we know, of course, they're not doing it for Jay's benefit, are they? They're doing it for their own. Oh, yeah, 100%. But it's, there's there's lo- what's really good about this is there's like five or six different stories that play at one time. There's the Drew McIntyre stuff where he doesn't trust Jay, but he's also got his own stuff going on with the New Day. There's the Kevin Owens and Jay Uso stuff stemming back from the past Bloodline thing. There's Judgment Day on their own. There's the uh, Priest and Balor stuff. There's there's the McDonough as part of Judgment Day. There's all these different elements in the story. Yeah, all is- connected. You know, and I tell you what, I mean, I'm sure we'll be talking about this later in the week, Kenny. Yeah. You know, they're probably talking about the riddle story later in the week. Yep. But, you know, I don't want to kick a man when he's down, right? <laughs> but but as and Drew benefited from Riddle's absence from Raw. Yeah, because they're, they're yeah, a hundred percent because they're you know, they're trying to get Drew, you know, they're trying to position him as this top heel that's coming. Yeah. You know, we can see it coming. And Riddle just isn't sort of diverse enough. And at this point, to play that role with him or to help him get to where he needs to be. So when he was out of the way, and you know, I mean, I thought that segment with with Woods and Drew was great, where Woods was like, you know, are you just jealous because Kofi won his world title at WrestleMania in front of eighty two thousand fans, and you did it in front of a performance center that was yeah, empty? Did you notice as well, Kenny, that they mentioned eighty two thousand fans? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're so petty. But, you know, it's wrestling. But there again, AEW has been banging on about this 81,000 forever. They have. But, I mean, the thing is, uh, the, the thing about the 81,000 is it's a great number and you should be happy about it. But, I mean, the, 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 the domestic US numbers are worrying. 2,136 people for a Dynamite in Philadelphia uh, next month when the last time it was 5,500. Yeah. You know, worrying numbers. Yes, but, absolutely. And... You know, the whole punk thing leaving, we'll see what effect this have, it has long term. And, yeah. you know, this stuff about, we'll be talking about it, I'm sure, Brian Danielson saying that, you know, he's possibly going to be stepping down, retiring next year. I mean, I don't know whether he's serious about that, but we feel like, don't we, Brian Danielson's career, is it, it's it's in the late evening, isn't it, of his career, Brian? Yeah, sure. 100%. You know, he's getting injured more. Yeah. Um, and then, so I, I will make a note on Thursday because it would be good to, for us to have a little discussion on the AEW main event scene long term because we've got people at Danielson who's winding down, Punk who's gone. Um, you know, it'd be interesting for us to kind of chat about that and where we think it will be in a couple of years because it's going to be different. Yeah, or right even now. in six months or, or even yeah. three months, you know, or maybe even at the next pay per view. Yeah. But I mean, you know, and, and to, whereas, you know, right now, I think to go back to your original point, I think Riddle not being there is a blessing in disguise for Drew. Um, he then got to obviously uh, face off against Xavier and beat him. Um, and then, like you say, he told Jay what he thought of him. They're going to have a match next week, uh, which is going to be a big match. Sure. So that was really good. I will say the one, one, the only thing on this show that I kind of found quite underwhelming was Cody, because Cody came out to do a promo, and the, I know the Judgment Day come out, and then we end up with the. the brawl and I know the fans were into it but Cody kind of feels like he's not really doing anything. Well he's not because they they need to work out how they're going to occupy his time like we mentioned earlier with Becky she's doing the stuff in NXT now I'm not suggesting that Cody go to NXT because it's become a bit of a cliche now although I've got to say I'm really looking forward to Becky Lynch versus Stratton tonight I think yeah. you know I'm 
really looking forward to that match. And it'd be interesting to see uh, what the viewing figures for it are, um, because they have made a point of really pushing it on TV. And I've got to say also, I thought Tiffany Stratton handled herself really well on the promo there with yep. Becky Lynch backstage when they signed the contract for the match on NXT tonight. They were backstage at Raw. And she, I mean, she must have been intimidated, but she didn't seem like she was. And I'm going to say, just, just finally, Kenny, I've, I know I've had a, a lot of add-ons here to this, <laughs> no, to this tangent I've gone off on. Um, <laughs> I, I, I thought Lynch was really good as well. She didn't belittle Stratton, really, or try and steal her thunder. She sort of took a kind of an understated role and allowed Stratton to shine. And I thought that was really big of her to do that and showed a lot of... Um, you know, secu- you know, a lot of uh, security in her in her own character and her own star that she didn't feel like she needed to throw away around or make make the uh, the up and comer feel small. Yeah, hundred. I, I agree, hundred percent. I think it helps that Becky went through the system, so she she's been in Tiffany's position before. Yeah, you know, she's been in that environment, so you know Becky can kind of remember what that was like, and and it, it is a big match. You know, it's a big match, but with the Cody thing. You know, he, he beat Brock at SummerSlam. He has done nothing since. And that's no. fine for like a month. But we're now approaching, you know, we're past payback. Because I thought maybe we were going to get him and Cena at, at Fastlane, that maybe that was going to be set up, but that doesn't seem to be the case. So I just think with Cody, you can only have him for so long just be this Mr. Ambassador guy. And you saw yeah. what the crowd were like tonight when he, when he was hitting hitting those moves, people going crazy for him. And it's like, imagine if you had him in a story. And, you know, maybe this is the time where, I don't know if, I don't know if they could, and I don't know if there is anybody, but, like, I wonder if there's somebody from the past who could come back and do a short programme with Cody. He obviously wins, but it could occupy him. And maybe there's something there. But he yeah. needs something to do. Um, yeah, I mean, I sense that, you know, Cody, I think he's going to become champ next year. Probably they're going to do Cody Cena some point next year. So they don't want to do that now because that can be a Cena match in which he puts, puts Cody over. I mean, obviously, Braun Breaker's ready to go in NXT. But if they bring him in, then Cody would have to beat him because Cody, I just don't see him doing any jobs between now or maybe he'll do the odd job. But there's not going to be he's not going to lose a big match between now and WrestleMania. I just can't see it. Maybe you will do. I don't know. But I mean, Braun Breaker wouldn't be a bad person to bring in because Breaker could do the attack on Cody. He could even, I suppose, win the first match and then Cody wins the second one. But then, you know, if you see Breaker as a future champ, which I'm sure they do, is that a good way to use him? Is that a good way to bring him in? Um, Obviously, there's Gunter there. He's... But there again, we it seems like Gunter and Chad Gable are going to have the rematch, and you don't want to spoil that because they made music together last week on Raw, and we know we're going to get a rematch, and that's going to be big. So you're right, Kenny. The Cody just feels like um, a little bit lost at the moment, like they don't really have any plans for him. And we know they've got plans for him next year, but I don't think it really serves any purpose, him appearing on the show and doing this, if they don't have anything for him then do an injury angle, you know, send him home for a few weeks until you have something for him to do, because otherwise he's going to cool off and you don't want to do that, you know, with your guy who's going to be your big baby face next year. Yeah, 
hundred percent. Well, listen, that's kind of all the time we've got for today. What I'll do is I'll, when we open Power Slam on Thursday, I will bring up Seth Rollins because I know obviously he has the thing with Nakamura on this show, and I think it'd be worth a wee discussion on what we want to see Rollins do next because you know he's the world champ. There's a lot of time to fill before Rumble when things will heat up again. So we'll have a chat about that on Thursday, and um, yeah, there, there's there'll be loads for us to chat about on Thursday as of now, and there's still two days to go, so. Know that there'll be something else for us to tackle as well, but um, well, well, there's that little thing going on as well with WWE and Endeavor, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, today, today, as we record this, is the the day of the effect, the completion of the sale to Endeavor. So, um, we'll talk about that as well. Um, and what that could mean, lots of stuff for us to talk about. We've got some questions that we're going to tackle from, from listeners, so loads, loads of stuff. Um, but do keep an eye for uh, Inside the Rose magazine. Uh, inside the ropes magazine.com obviously issue 36 is out right now issue 37 i don't think the, pre- the pre-order is up now the pre-order for issue 37 is up now um you can pick that up it's going to be a special 60 well sorry the pre-order um is out now and it comes out on september 28th um it is a 64 page issue it is a huge issue but obviously there's so much stuff with uh, you know bray wyatt sadly passing away all in, all out, payback, Edge leaving, Terry Funk passing away, the Arn Anderson interview with Finn, um, and loads, loads more. So uh, it's a, it's a bumper issue. The CM Punk thing. CM Punk thing. I mean, there's just, it's you know, you, there's so much stuff to even to even get into. So yeah, we've had to make it a bigger issue this month. So hopefully people will enjoy that. InsideDotsMagazine.com. So... Um, the same price, won't it, Kenny? Yeah, same price. It's not going to be more expensive. This is a special, uh, you know, because we just we could not physically fit all the stuff into a forty-eight page issue, and I don't think it would have been fair to uh, Wyndham Rotunda and Terry Funk for us to shortchange them in any way. So indeed, I could not agree more, Kenny. Um, but yeah, we will be back um, on Thursday, obviously with Power Slam and the overrun that we'll record as well for Patreon. Patreon is where you can hear more of us, patreon.com forward slash inside the ropes. Uh, but yeah, Finn, I am glad that you've got a bit of a reprieve now from magazine duties. Not yet, Kenny. I've got today and tomorrow first. Okay, well, as of Thursday, there's a reprieve. As of Thursday, yeah. I'm not there yet. <laughs> not there yet, but you'll be plugging away till then. But then this weekend, don't just have it be wrestling free. Don't, oh, yes. I will do, do that. Well, it's actually not been such a hectic month for me this month, actually. It's been quite, compared to some months, it's not been too bad. It's actually been quite manageable. And, you know, the Anne Anderson interview was, you know, really, I thought, rewarding to do for me. And um, so it's been a very, you know, the CM Punk story, which I've done in From the Top. Mm-hmm. You know, I've gotten into a lot of details on that. Um, you know, a lot of analysis there that we've you know, all written down, rather than you know, stuff that we've talked about on the podcast book extra bits as well so um yeah it's it's not been a particularly hectic issue for me but a very interesting issue yeah and long may it continue to be a manageable and enjoyable experience um so yeah thank you for all your support everybody i know i'm a broken record i say every single week but i feel like i should because we really appreciate all the you know time and energy and money that you sort of spend on inside the ropes whether it's through patreon or buying the magazine or coming to a live show or whatever it is we, we appreciate it very much so uh, thank you for all your support and we'll talk to you soon
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.